the Links and Locks podcast. podcast. Better than most. Better than most. Better than most. <laughs> winner, winner, chicken dinner. You got real talent. Don't concentrate on golf. What's going on, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Links and Locks Best Bets podcast presented by Bet365. I'm Jason Sobel from the Action Network. He is Ben Everell from Golf Bet, and we are here to give you our 18 best bets, playing 18 holes for this week's American Express. Benny, before we get too far, can I give the people one reminder that the Links and Locks podcast, as I mentioned, presented by Bet365, and Bet365 does not do ordinary. That's why you get more boosts with them than with anyone else. Every day, they power up the odds on hundreds of bets to give you a chance to win more. Bet365 boosts specific markets, your winnings, and even parlays. They don't stop there. Keep an eye out for their biggest and best odds with the incredible Super Boost. Check out the boost and see why it's never ordinary at Bet365. Must be 21 or older and present in Colorado, Iowa, Louisiana, New Jersey, Ohio, and Virginia, or 18 and older in Kentucky. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. Terms, conditions, restrictions all apply. Well, Benny, if two weeks ago you'd sat there staring at all those numbers in front of you and said, you know what? I'm going to take a chance on a little outright on Chris Kirk. And you found him at 200 to 1 and bet him for Coppola and watched him win that golf tournament. Said, you know what? I'm going to take all those winnings. Yeah, I know. It's a lot of money, but I'm going to take it all. I'm going to go throw it on Grayson Murray. I could find him four or 500 to 1. Uh, I, I believe uh, that earns you a, a guest appearance here on the podcast. We don't have that person yet because <laughs> I, I'm not sure that person exists, but um, that's the kind of person we need on the podcast to tell us exactly who they like this week mate it's sensational stuff over the aloha swing wasn't it in terms of like just guys coming out of the woodwork as you mentioned yeah. and even even grace Murray, i think what was he one under or something after the first round a million back um and then to fight back like he did and then even in that in the even in the playoff if you were tracking the odds there i mean before he hit after he hit his second shot and the other two are up greenside he was already at 500 600 700 then he hits a third shot to 40-whatever feet, 700, 800, you know, like he wasn't winning yeah. that tournament. And yep. yet there it was. And honestly, if anything, if nothing else, that's the beauty of golf betting, right? Like this actually happens in this sport. This is where you can ride the roller coaster. This is where you can get it. You can't pick up, like, where where are you going to get the plus 800 NFL team that's actually going to come back from wherever they're behind and win? It's just mm-hmm. so rare. But in golf, stranger things happen, and, and that's what we saw. Yeah, I was, I was hammering the Cowboys' money line down 32 points or whatever, and uh, <laughs> that, that didn't work. I should have just put it all on Grayson Murray. Uh, no, that was, it was a great win for Murray. Um, and, and it goes to show, I mean, weeks like those, I mean, talk about just twisting your mind around and getting you going, well, well, well now I was like, mm, Scotty Scheffler, he's really good. Cantley's really good. Shoffley's really good. I like betting those guys, but. Boy, I really want one of those lottery tickets. Actually, I want about 10 of those lottery tickets. I'm going to take some of those guys. Now, all of a sudden, you're covering the board. So, I actually am going to the players that are uh, – I'm going to, going to fade the top of the board, but I'm not going to the triple-digit players. I've got a little strategy this week. I've got a lot of guys in that mid-tier, and I'm going to tell you what I'm doing in just a minute. Uh, how's your confidence level before we start making picks for this week? Well – 
you know, took a bit of a hit over the last couple of uh, tournaments, as you can imagine. Um, But you talk about a strategy. I'm going all in on a strategy this week. We have a three-course rotation here, right? We have La Quinta Country Club, we have Nicholas Tournament, and then we have the stadium course, which usually is the harder of the of the three. Um, yep. The last few years, the tour has tried to create as much parity as they can possibly between them, try to get them to sort of play similar, but there's only so much you can do. Um, this I'll throw at you, though, and this is it's, it's one little mini stat that's going to be a heavy factor for me. Four of the last seven winners have started their three-course rotation at La Quinta, usually the mm-hmm. easiest of the three, mm-hmm. the one where you can get off to a hot start, then you then you can roll it on from there. Whereas the mentality for the guys not starting there is by the time they get there, they have to go low. They have to do something special. They and that that can put a lot of pressure on a guy's game and that things can go sideways quickly. So let me tell you, I'm almost exclusively going with guys who start at La Quinta this week. No surprise that the tour has put plenty of the big stars on that rotation. It also uh, allows them to be... all the big names they started looking. It's yeah. going to be Chalky <laughs> Benny this week is what you're talking about. <laughs> Not necessarily full chalk, but it definitely is an advantage. You talk to a couple of players, et cetera. That, and, you know, as I said, it's, it's, they, they can trot out the cliche, one shot at a time, one hole at a time, and that's important. If you can do that, you can not worry about everything else that's going on. Mind you, there's also a pro-am part of this, so you've got to be able to you know, stay, stay within yourself and play while the choppers around you are still playing. Um, but yeah, like it comes down to that Lakinta and uh, as well. Like uh, I can go the other way. There was a, a player last year, Sam Burns. Sam Burns started on stadium course last year, shot eight under, was in second place. That is ridiculously good at that tournament. To start so hot at the stadium, you think this guy's now odds on to win. He talked about going to Lakinta the next day before he got there. Sounded like a great quote where he said, um, and I'm paraphrasing here, but he's like, "Look, um, I have." Uh, I, I now get to go to La Quinta. I'm excited to do that. Um, people say it's easy, but I still have to execute, right? So it sounds like he's got the right mindset. However, the mm-hmm. fact that already in his head was it's easy meant that he knew he had to put up a number. He saw a person had put up 10 under, Davis Thompson, there the day before. So he got there. He went birdie, birdie, got to 10 under. Here he goes. Then made a slight error. Pa then made a bogey. And then all of a sudden, his putt started shaving edges and he started to press and he started to struggle. Shot two under, not bad, but was eight back. Um, mm. You know, it's almost like they know it's easy. They feel like they have to score there, especially if they haven't already started there. So the guys that get to start there and just play and then go from there have an advantage in the mental game. That's uh, that's very interesting. That's some good research. And uh, I will say that I just checked because I hadn't looked at tee times and courses rotation yet. And none of the guys that I like this week are starting on La Quinta. So I'm already screwed. Dead money walking. But let's get into it. We're playing 18 holes. Make it 18 picks for the American Express, Benny. You're on the tee. Swing away. First uh, outright I'll go with is a guy that should have won this a couple of years ago. Finished fourth. Um, pretty much the only year he did well. And it just got pointed out to me that was the year that we played exclusively on the stadium course. I probably should have thought of that. But I'm still going to go with this number. And that's Tony Finau at 35 to 1. Um, I just like the number in comparison to the other players out there. We talked about Scheffler and Cantlay and these guys who are absolutely uh, are stars and studs and will most likely play well. But I can get Finau at a much higher number at a place where if he can just get the, the birdies rolling on the two easiest courses, which should be something he can do, 
then I like what I see there. It's also important. Uh, there are certain factors that have that have popped for winners here. Uh, of the obvious ones like strokes gained approach and putting. Keep in mind those factors. Strokes gained stats are only based on the stadium course because the shot link's not at the others. But on those courses, Tony Fino's done well. And over the season last year, he was fifth strokes gained approach. Birdies or better is also a big one where the winners have done well here. Uh, Tony Fino was 15th on tour last year here doing that. And par five scoring has been another indicator. They have to go low on the par fives. Uh, he's 10th on tour last year, Tony Finau, in par five scoring. So with that and the odds compared to the other bigger names, I'll start with him. All right. So for the second hole, I will rearrange some things around and I will get to my top 10 play, which is Tony Finau. Now, uh, be- before you think that I'm getting chalky like you are, I want the people out there to know uh, the Finau play is sort of a hedge. I- I'm going with some bigger numbers as my long shot, as my favorite outright play. In fact, I've got a few different outrights on the card this week. And so the Finau top 10 is more of a hedge to, all right, well, we're we're getting a little riskier with our outright plays. Let's take that risk out with the top 10 and go with the guy who's uh, plus 350, still a pretty good number. It's also a preemptive play on Tony Finau because I have taken him for the last 10 years at Torrey Pines which starts next week. He will be there. He's come so close so many times. It's one of these kind of, kind of like when I played Corey Connors at Kapalua, and it was like, I like him, but I really like him at the Sony. I just don't want him to ruin my Sony bet the week before. So I'm going to jump on him just to make sure. Now, yep. none of that worked, of course, but I, I do like Finau a lot at the Farmers Insurance Open next week. So I'm going to play him this week only for a top 10, but you'll see where I'm going in a minute because like I said, that's, that's the low risk investment. That's the ROI play, and then we'll try to uh, we'll try to find some bigger investments uh, as we continue here on the pod. But um, I'm going to start with that Fino top ten. Oh, well, the third hole. I'll give you a top ten play too, and um, it's kind of a similar vein. It's uh, well, I'm going with a hot hand essentially. Uh, it's four to one for a top ten this week. But Chris Kirk, who won the century, struck the ball brilliantly. At Sony, just forgot how to putt at Sony. Mm-hmm. Different, slightly, obviously different greens, and there's slope at, at Kapalua. There's no slope at at Sony, and he was T three here in the desert uh, recently. Um, I think that when you've got a hot hand, you can ride it until it's gone, really. And and Chris Kirk seems to me to be hitting it better than most. Uh, he was at massive odds, obviously, just a couple of weeks ago. But let's ride him until he shows otherwise. Uh, if he hits it even half as well as he did at Sony and then actually makes a few putts, which I think he will back here in California, uh, then I think that that's a decent bet while he's hot. Kirk, top 10, four to one. All right. Uh, so for the fourth hole, before I get to the pick, here's where I, I'm going to stump for each way bets, which are very common in other parts of the world and yeah. don't exist in American books. And I, I can't for the life of me understand why we wouldn't have them in American yeah. books, but essentially you're splitting your bet. So you, you, you put in, let's say 20 bucks, 10 of it will be on the player to win. 10 of it will be on a player to get a certain amount of places might be five places, might be seven or eight places on the board, but it's an each way bet very common everywhere else other than the United States. And so here's my idea is that I'm playing my next three holes with players who I like for each way bets. And the idea is uh, instead of 
playing some short numbers on the board. I'm going to play some guys with longer numbers. And, okay, they're not all going to win, so they're not all just outright bets. But essentially think of it as a bet for each one to win and each one to finish inside the top ten. Yeah, I was going to say, look, to think of it for the people here in the U.S., just think of it as it, whatever your unit is, uh, instead of just putting one unit on them to win, you're putting one to win, one to top ten, yeah. uh, and hopefully you win both. If he wins, yeah. you win both. If, yeah. if he or, doesn't, or he's half top unit. ten. I mean, really, yeah, it's like right. if you're going to put a, a unit on a player, it's a half unit to win, a half unit to top ten. Yeah, there you go, exactly. That's, that, that's, that's probably a good let, way to put it, Patty. Uh, let, let, let's, let's run all that. And you're right, each way bets uh, everywhere else in the world. It has taken me still a long time to get used to not being able to go each yeah. way. And, and you're right. And where the books essentially create the value in those is they'll is those places. It, it might originally be top five and you get quarter you get top four bets. So they give you a little bit of value there. Or they'll spread it out to six, top six, top seven, top eight, depending yep. on how big the week is. Um, okay, who you got? Who's each way? So the first each way that I'll go to here in the fourth hall is a guy who was top thirty. In his last six starts of last year, uh, nine of his last ten, did not play last week. And I do think there's an advantage to playing those players who have already played so far this year. So you're not getting a guy who hasn't played in two months. But I like this guy too much. This turns into a putting contest, as John Rahm once called it. This is one of the better putters out there. I'm taking Bo Hostler for my quote-unquote each-way bet. Essentially, like him for an outright, I like him for a top ten. Uh, and, and again, I'm going to have a couple more of those over the next few holes. All right. Okay, let me see where I can go. Then I'm going to give you uh, my long shot then from now because I know you usually like to go long shot, but I only give a long shot winner who which theoretically would fall into this category of you throw some, a unit on a, a lottery outright, but if you look at the top 10, top 20, et cetera, you're going to get good value. Um, I can't believe that this guy is 100 to 1, to be honest. He recently won on the PGA Tour. He was sixth at this event last year, but Eric Van Royen is a hundred to one this mm. week. And if you were talking about it each way, that's a smash each way in my mind, uh, because as I said, he's he's coming off winning. He played well at this place last year. He shot ten under one of the rounds. Um, you know, if if it's going to go low, and, and look, he's he is a player who was super talented, was was trending towards the top echelon in the world just a few years back. Fell, fell away for a little while, but is now on the build back. I think that this is a guy that you'll see potentially in the President's Cup team at the end of the year. Um, so whenever you're getting 100 to 1 at a place where he's proven that he can be top 10, I'm all over it. Yeah, uh, that makes some sense. I, I like that. All right, I'll go to the sixth hole and another each way guy. Again, uh, for those who are listening from around the world who are betting at Bet365 and other markets that they understand each way bets, you're in America. This, Think of it as a, a bet to win and a bet to top five or top ten. Uh, I'm going to go with the guy that last year, I went back and read my preview content from last year. I was convinced that Andrew Putnam was winning this golf tournament. And the worst <laughs> thing you can do is pick a guy to win, be convinced he's going to win, and then a year later forget that you picked him to win, and then you watch yeah. him win and go, oh, that's right, I did like him at this place. So uh, I'm going to jump on Andrew Putnam this week. He is uh, right around 50, 55 to 1 in most markets for an outright play. And so I, I think he's got some value. Again, I'm hitting that same uh, range of players in the 50 to 80 to 1 
uh, I think is a really nice spectrum of players. The, the guys at the top, look, I love Scotty Scheffler. I love Cantley and Shoffley and guys like that. I just worry about the motivation for those guys that are just out there getting a start, not to mention that um, I, I think a place where, what, 26, 27, 28 under is going to win, that levels the playing field a little bit. Somebody's going to get hot with the butter, and it may not be one of those uh, elite talents who's out there. So uh, I'm trying to um, break into that next range and get some mid-tier guys that have some value this week. So Andrew Putnam for the each-way play. All right. I'll give you a top 20 play now. I'm going to go with the South African theme. Keep it going. Uh, plus 360 for a top 20 uh, for Christian Bezudenhout. Uh, I believe, again, another one is 125 to 1 if you want to do a little mini sprinkle. Uh, T11 at this event last year. If you want to see someone get the putter hot, this bloke can do it. Uh, if he if he gets it rolling uh, like, he, like he obviously did to some degree last year, he is one that could absolutely pop at an event like this. Uh, when I see almost four to one for a top 20 on a world-class player like that, that the American audiences sometimes overlook, uh, I'm, again, I'm all for it. So another international, another South African, Christian Bezudenhout, top 20. Yeah, I used to look at Cebes as sort of a poor man's Matt Fitzpatrick in that I would only play him at the tougher tournaments where par was a good score. He's got a really good short game. Um, but the more and more I, I've looked at him over the last couple of years, the more uh, I've seen that he can pop in these uh, birdie fest events that we get. So you're right. He's a really good putter. So I, I don't have a problem with that one at all. You're trying to target some of those international president's cup team guys. I see what you're doing. I got a couple of those guys mm-hmm. coming up uh, on my list in a little bit, but I'll get to the eighth hole. And Benny, you know me, I, I'm a Keith Mitchell apologist. <laughs> I, I've mentioned him on the pod just about every time he's played over the last year and a half. <sighs> I can't get away from it this week, though. Really good driver of the golf ball. You got some wide fairways. Go smash it. Go have fun with your pro-am partner. And Mitchell's a guy that certainly has thrived in the pro-am environment in the past, playing with Josh Allen at Pebble Beach, uh, and and those guys have played well together. He likes that sort of team environment, team aspect. He's about 80-1 to in the outright marketplace this week. I will take my last each-way bet with Keith Mitchell this week, and I think – He's a guy that at some point is going to win. I'm looking at my list right here, Benny. Uh, if not this week, I don't know that he'll play Mexico. Mexico Open would suit his game, though. If I was his stats guy, I would tell him to play there. Houston could be a really nice spot for him where driver is a weapon. Uh, I Again, I don't know that he'll play the 3M or the Rocket Mortgage later this summer, but I'm looking at places where driver is more advantageous than places where it, it gets neutralized, like last week at the Sony. And, and I do think that at one of those spots where you can just smash and hit wedges in, he only has to bring four clubs with him. I, I think one of those places, Keith Mitchell, can can go out there and finally get that next win. And I think it's going to happen pretty soon. Yeah, I'm going to miss the Keith Mitchell boat because he's that one player that I'll just let you ride until he finally does it. I I, <laughs> I used to be on the bandwagon with you. He, he lost my faith, but only because he's probably if he was an if he was an Aussie, I'd probably still be riding him. Yeah. Speaking of Aussies, I'm going to go back to the Cam Davis well in the player market bets for Bet Three Six Five this week, forty sixth or better, the minus one twenty juice. Uh, obviously, Cam had a hot hot start at the Sony before, where he made everything, every putt you could imagine, and then 
slowly deteriorated over the next three rounds in terms of making enough putts to contend. Um, had a big family contingent there. I uh, spoke to uh, the team and he thinks he's, you know, as they always say, just fractions off. He's expecting to pop soon. He really likes um, the rotation out here. He feels that all three courses suit his game. Um, so I'm not jumping in right in. I'm just giving a little nibble, 46th or better, Cam Davis. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. I think Cam Davis has some good value in the marketplace this week. Uh, he's another guy that I've been very high on alongside you for a while now. All right, we, we're nine holes in, nine holes to play. As a reminder, the Links to Locks podcast is presented by Bet365. Bet365 does not do ordinary. That's why you get more boosts with them than with anyone else. Every day they power up the odds on hundreds of bets to give you a chance to win more. Bet365 boosts specific markets, your winnings, and even parlays, and they don't stop there. Keep an eye out for their biggest and best odds with the incredible Super Boost. Check out the boosts and see why it's never ordinary at Bet365. Must be 21 or older and present in Colorado, Iowa, Louisiana, New Jersey, Ohio, Virginia, or 18 and older in Kentucky. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa terms Conditions, restrictions apply. All right, we get to the 10th C. I always go with my first round leader play. Most books, if not all books now, I think they've gotten smarter over the last few years. It used to be uh, maybe five years ago, you might be able to find a book that was like, I don't know, I'll just teeing off on Thursday. We'll just put them all together, <laughs> I guess. And you'd be able to find a lot of value in going after the guys playing the easiest golf course. Uh, now I, I think the books are smarter. Certainly bet three, six, five is, and they've split it up, uh, three different ways with the three different golf courses. Garrick Higo. There's one of your international guys, Benny. Garrick yeah. Higo is a guy who closed with, was a 63 or 64 last year on the stadium course. Uh, sorry. Um, I did my research and now I'm redoing it. It was a 63, uh, that yep. he closed with finishing 11th place on the stadium course. Well, Guess where he starts his tournament this week? Right back on that very stadium course. He's 28 to 1. The favorites on that golf course, we mentioned that most of the big names are going off La Quinta. The favorites, JT Poston, Eric Cole. Yeah, guys that have played really well. They're very good players, but he doesn't have the Schefflers, the Cantleys, the Shoffleys, the, the big names in his rotation. So I'll take a shot at Garrick Higo, 28 to 1 first round leader at the stadium course on Thursday. I love that you went to the stadium course first. I'm also going to go to the stadium course first for a first-round leader play, and I'm going to throw you a big number, 70-1 to there on the stadium course to be first-round leader as this man. He was the second best on the stadium course to open last year, 7-under, as I said, only behind the 8-under that we talked about with Simmons. But Harrison Endicott, the Aussie who just won Q School, is also a very adept on the stadium. He's... Unlike the others, he's not having played Sony, which I wish he had of. Wish he'd been part of that, but he wasn't. He wasn't eligible, like wasn't on the, high enough on the list to get in. After all those extra players turned up there, uh, but for all reports, he's still got the form that he that he did there in Q School, where he was medalist. Um, he's been hitting it well out there in the, in Palm Springs, and as you said, to me, uh, it's not like he's up against the the cream of the field in that sure. section on that course. So I saw the 70 to one as a bit of a nice lottery ticket to jump on. So I mentioned the big numbers the last couple of weeks on Chris Kirk and Grayson Murray. The similarities don't end there. Of course, 
great redemptive stories of uh, both of them having dealt with alcoholism and depression throughout their professional careers and have battled back. Golf Twitter has found, uh, I, I believe it was a story uh, last month from Q School. It may have been uh, your cohort, Kevin Price, who wrote this, but Harrison Endicott, I don't think you wrote it, Benny, but uh, no. Harrison Endicott, who has found sobriety in the early part of his career and feels better about himself and mm-hmm. his, his mental state and everything uh, around that. Uh, look, if you're, if you're looking for narratives and you're looking for a three-peat in such narrative, uh, I think Harris Endicott is a guy that's going to have a lot of support based on the fact that a lot of golf Twitter is, is passing around that story and looking at that. And I'll add more to the Endicott story. Part of the reason why he might have got into or he got into the, the drinking a little earlier than most and, and was doing it at a young age is he lost his mother to cancer at a young age mm. um, and and had to battle through that even to, to keep his golf game alive. In fact, it was how his dad and he bonded after they lost um, the, the special woman in their life um, to go out to the golf course and try to sort of, you know, make something of uh, the time when they were struggling. Uh, yes, Harrison is a great young fella and it would be a very nice story to see him do well. Yeah. Uh, look, I, I like it. I think it makes a whole lot of sense. I, I actually have thrown a few bucks on him in the outright marketplace already, although um, I don't have it here on the card. So, all right, let's get to my next play for the 12th hole. I'm going to go with my top 20 play here. It's a guy that I liked a lot last week. He finished in, I believe it was 15th place. Billy Horschel has played this event before, but the starts are sort of scattered around. Like, you know, it kind of, He'll play one year, and then he'll take four years off, then he'll play another one, and it's not very consistent. Now, sometimes a, a, a veteran-type player goes back to a place where he doesn't usually play because he's like, oh, I've got to go play well, and I don't know if I'm going to play well. Early in the season, though, when I see that, I, I feel like that's a sign for me. When I see that a player is going to a tournament, a good player is going to a tournament, it's not because, oh, I'm going to lose my card. This is not JT at the Wyndham last year. Like, I've got to get into the playoffs, so I'm only showing up because I've yeah. got to go get something done. This is early enough in the year that when I when I see a player playing a tournament he doesn't normally play, I'm like, ooh, he's feeling something. He's either feeling like it's going to happen for me very soon or uh, I, I think I'm going to start playing my best golf and I don't want to miss a week. And to me, Billy Horschel is a perfect example of that this week that like he's not just going to Palm Springs because, well, that's what I do every year. Third week of the year, I go to Palm Springs. He hasn't done it in a while. And the fact that he's going back tells me that he's ready to go play some good golf. I'm going to cautiously, conservatively take him for a top 20 at plus 300. But look, if you want to get more aggressive with a Billy Horschel play, I have zero problem with that. All right, Billy. Again, another guy who... You figure is going to come back to the to the highest level of his ability yeah. at some point. It's just yep. a matter of being there when that happens. Um, if you want to be riding it, so he's he's one of those ones that you could be just putting small unit size every week until inevitably it does happen. Um, and you might you might get big. I mean, who was on him? I certainly wasn't on him when he won the Memorial a couple of years ago, and he boat raced everyone that week. It yep. was ridiculous yep. how well he hit it that week. So that's still inside Billy Horschel's game somewhere. Uh, all right, 13th hole, I've got a plus money top 40 option. Um, reputation, basically, and the fact that he's starting on the good rotation. Uh, but 
if you asked him and he was absolutely honest and completely honest with himself, should he have won this tournament before? Yes, should have won it last year. Davis Thompson uh, was the absolute smash guy and uh, right throughout, started hot with a 10 under, finished, I think, shot eight under the next day, um, was right up there again after stadium and just it just got too much in the end. You know, just a big name players coming at him uh, is one that he would love to have over again. But the fact that you can get him going back at plus money for a top 40, plus 105, I think it was around, uh, I'll write him. I'll say that he can bring the positive rather than negative back and try to at least contend again. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. By the way, Davis, pull the flag stick this time. <laughs> I know he said afterwards, I, I, I don't pull it from that far away. I, I want to be able to see it, have some depth <laughs> perception. Last year, I, I don't think it was the last hole. I thought it was the 17th hole on Sunday. Uh, he left it in. He had a 50-footer, and it hit the stick. It was dropping right in the middle of the hole and didn't go because the stick yeah. was in there. I'm just saying Pull it out now. Just pull it out. He, he pops in. Where, where the key for him will be is par five scoring. He was great at that last year. If he can, you know, devour the par fives again like he did last year, that'll give him at least a chance. And, you know, top 40 plus money, I'll take it. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I'm going to go to another very small plus money bet. But this one, I only need my guy to beat one other. Ricky <laughs> Fowler is an underdog this week at plus 105 against Wyndham Clark. Some rumors oh, that Wyndham Clark... Smash might only be on the PGA Tour for a limited amount of time uh, moving forward. I, I don't know if that's true or not. Uh, those, are, those are rumors. My guess is that Wyndham Clark Scott, if that is indeed the case, uh, if at the very least there have been discussions, my guess is that Wyndham Clark has other things going on and other things floating around his mind to keep him from playing his best golf this week. I'm going to smash Ricky Fowler, plus 105. I love that because uh, in my column, which is uh, I do have Ricky Fowler as a top 20 option. I know I went with Cbez here, uh, but Fowler just on the data side alone was good last year in par five scoring birdies or better strokes gained approach. You know, he, across the board, the numbers that I found important this week, Fowler pops on all of them. So yeah. uh, I'm a little annoyed that he didn't play well at the century. Um, yep. Sometimes that'll see you jump off a guy too quickly. Um, I'm giving him this another chance, <laughs> and and I have no information on the other stuff you mentioned. But uh, but where there's smoke, there's fire. Generally speaking, and even if it's just the fact that his name's been mentioned in all these things, that's got to at least be on his mind as well in terms of Wyndham Clark. So there's there's something there that's somewhat distracting against a guy who pops in the numbers. So I, I think that's a smash one fowler there. Yep. Let's see how that goes. Uh, okay, here's my one player that is not in the rotation that I like. Um, it's that's my hedge, if you will. I'm going one player that's that's outside the 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 top um, rotation for me, and I've got him in a top five category, and that is Tom Kim. Tom Kim. Um, honestly, I could see him winning this thing by a couple of shots, or I could see him not in the mix. He can be that type of player, but He's been. He's had quite a few top tens around the world in his last six starts. Uh, the numbers point to him being good at this course. He played well here before. Uh, I think it was he was top ten, I believe, last year. It was at the time one of his better finishes on the mainland um, in USA on the tour. I just, despite the fact he's not starting where I like him to start, he is someone who could throw himself into the mix here. So the 550 for top five was my hedge bet. 
finished in 45th place, the 59-man century a couple of weeks ago. I'm worried about Tom Kim's confidence level right now, and yeah. I'm going to explain to you why, Benny. During the offseason, just about a month ago, his caddy that he's had for each of his PGA Tour wins so far, Joe Scovran, left his bag to go caddy for another great young player, you can probably say greater young player, in Ludwig Ober. Yeah. Um, two things can happen after that. Either Tom Kim goes, man, I'm going to show that dude he made the wrong call, and I'm going to go out there and kick some butt and start winning golf tournaments. Or what we've seen so far in that, you know, that first start of the year, granted, maybe not the greatest course for him, but, or your confidence starts to wane. You're like, man, I was, I was it. Like I'm, I'm the yeah. young guy. I'm the stud. I got this caddy who loves me. All of a sudden caddy leaves you. Cause essentially, I mean, I'm sure he didn't put it this way, but you're not good enough. And that guy's better than you. And I just <laughs> wonder and worry a little bit about Tom Kim's confidence coming off that doesn't mean tom kim's done he's never gonna play well doesn't mean tom kim can't have a good week i just i'm taking a wait and see approach on kim because i'm a little worried about what that might do to a young guy's confidence it's it's not that i'm not good enough it well it's that he's not gonna it's that you're not long enough yeah that's the difference between those two and and normally um sorry on other courses then then yes that would i'd be with you on that uh, and in fact, the reason I stuck away from him, as I said, not just the rotation, but it's a similar thought. However, if there is going to be a place in the near future where he does have one of those weeks, this could be it. So that's what I said. He's my sort of uh, hedging the one thing after I'm gone. I'm almost all in on the other rotation. One guy you want to look at potentially, Tom Kim. Uh, you've got a lot of guys on your your international side for the President's yes. Cup uh, that you've mentioned in this podcast. I've got one here for the 16th hole. Uh, Sanjay, Sanjay M. Yeah. He's played some yeah. great golf over the last year. Maybe hasn't quite gotten the results uh, that have uh, equaled the performance. I, I always say that's sort of like a Major League Baseball pitcher that's 7-12 and 12, but a 282 ERA. Uh, the fact of the matter is um, at some point you keep pitching like that, the wins are going to come. And I do think that's the case for Sunjay, who's played some really good golf. Hasn't quite gotten the best of the results, but he was fifth a couple of weeks ago at the Century. He's been knocking on the door. I mean, going back to, oh, the Wyndham last year, fifth, 12th, second, 21st, 7th, 6th, 14th. I mean, the guy's playing some really good golf. As you might have noticed, none of those last six starts, seven starts, have been outside the top 23, but... For the player finishing position market at Bet365, all he has to do is be 23rd or better at minus 120 this week, considering he hasn't been outside the top 23 in, oh, what, six, seven months? I kind of like my chances at minus 120. Sanjay M might be the special to win the tournament this week for one reason and one reason alone. Before I did any research, I was, let's go with Sanjay M. Uh, and then I got stuck down my rabbit hole, as I said, of the rotation, et cetera, et cetera, and forgot about him and left him out. He's going to win by a million now because of that. Uh, also, uh, I'll, I'll say that at Kapalua, he broke the record there for the most birdies. Yes. I mean, he, and we're going to a birdie fest. So yeah. all yeah. of these reasons now, you've literally tweaked my memory. I can't believe I left him out. I've got a million international players here. 
and Sungjae is not one of them. I'm almost ready to recant my Tom Kim and swap it for Sungjae Im. That's how much I forgot about Sungjae this week, uh, having initially thought he was going to win. So, uh, yeah, I'm with you. I can't see him finishing outside the top 23 or whatever it was you said. And he's probably because I haven't got him, he's going to win. Uh, in saying all that, let's go to the winner for me. And honestly, I wish I could was there this week so I could like literally look him in the eye and I'd say, hey, and I would do this because have a little bit of a relationship with this player. But like, hey, time to step up, mate. Like you've been talking about it. You've been threatening. You're up near the top of the boards. Now you're an elite level player. But Xander Shoflo for me, it's like put up or shut up, dude. Like let's go. Um, everything that I looked at money uh, uh, data-wise points to him playing well again here. He shot 10 under the finish last year finish in the top uh, what was he third or whatever it was he was fourth last year strokes gained approach set uh, he was 13th or so no yeah 13th in par five scoring last year number one in birdies or better on tour from the fairways and obviously these are the easiest fairways to hit uh you know speaks to him plus fifth in strokes gained putting like the data set just screams here you go xander here's a chance for you to win um and now he should have the mongrel back in him. Like he should be thinking like not everyone's expect like not they're treating me like I'm not one of the stars here. I'm, I'm starting to fade a little and I want to see that mongrel. Now, it's so funny because one of the things that you mentioned earlier in this pod had slipped my mind and it might be the one thing that makes me come back off the number because it's only 11 to 1. It's not a cool number in one of these shootouts. Right. And that's that he's going to have the future on his mind as well, as in... Tory Pines, he usually always plays there at home, and then we've got a big stretch of um, you know signature events again. Is it possible he's turning up there a little uh, relaxed? Is one way to put it, like just maybe not as on point. Like I'm going to kick these guys' asses, which is when he plays his best. That has me a little concerned now. I've remembered that the the way the schedule sets up, uh, but at the same time, I've been riding this horse. I'm stuck on it. But I'm going to jump off soon, Xander, if you don't help me out. So come on, <laughs> show me what you got. Uh, he should absolutely be in the mix of this thing. If he's not, that's you know an indictment on maybe his preparation and his mindset. Yeah. Uh, look, again, I, I am fading the top of the board. I, I think these guys, for whatever reason, I look, more power to them for showing up at a, a non-signature event early in the year. First of all, I feel like the motivation isn't quite there. And I think this is essentially just, hey, I was going to go somewhere where it was warm out and I can get some reps in. I might as well go play in the 75-degree dome-like conditions out at Palm Springs. So, uh, Benny, earlier in the pod, I mentioned my each-way bet, so to speak, on Bo Hostler, Andrew Putnam, Keith Mitchell, all guys between 60-1 to and 80-1. to Right along those same lines, my favorite outright play for this week, a guy who was Solo fifth here a year ago, Taylor Montgomery. Ah, he was playing some great golf in his rookie campaign around this time last year. Midsummer, late summer, fall, he lost it. I have talked to him a couple times on my radio show where he said he was kind of scooping his irons. He, he just wasn't hitting his irons the way he needed to. He's worked on it very tough. I, I saw his dad, Monty, who's the GM over it shadow creek about a month ago when he said taylor was out of town uh working on his game looking for some money games to play loves playing money games and uh he, he worked very hard during the offseason we saw some of the culmination some of the fruits of his labor last week at the sony open 
He finished in second strokes gained on approach shots. He was third for the final round. You give me the combination of Taylor Montgomery with a newer, better, improved iron game and being one of the best putters on the PGA Tour. That's a perfect combination for these golf courses at 50 to 1. I love everything about him this week. I'm going to fire on Taylor Montgomery. Yeah, 16th on tour last year for birdie or better percentage as well. So absolutely, uh, you're not alone in that. Uh, Will Gray, a colleague of ours that we both know, uh, is gung-ho on Taylor as well this week. So um, I, want to, I want to find fault, but you're right. If he can create what he did last week, if the irons can be that good with his usual putting, then he could be the essentially the Davis Thompson this year who gets off to a hot start, has yep. everybody chasing their tail, and then it's just a matter of him holding his nerve if he can do that. So I could see that happening for Monty if he can get it get it rolling early. First thing for him, and for as for most of these guys, I think that you have to hit the ground running. It's very rare that you're gonna, you know, find yourself five, six, seven um, back after the first round and not at least be under the gun to perform, and then then it's a bit of a lottery, right? Because then you know you have to go out there and just fire at pins. You might shoot 10 under the second day because of it and get back in it, uh, but you need to keep pace at, what did, What would you say, six, seven under a round? Like that's yeah, that's what we need to be doing. I think so. Yeah, so if you start with a five, you know the next day you need a nine. You know, so it's like just start with that yeah. six, seven, eight under and you're, and you're rolling. That's It comes down to that. Get started hot and ride the wave from there. All reports are perfect conditions out there this week. Uh, dome like conditions, like I said, very little wind, perfect weather, uh, maybe a little bit of rain for a, a little while during Sunday's final round. But I mean, these guys, uh, like I said, they're going to have to go low if they have designs on winning this golf tournament. So, uh, thanks to everybody out there for listening to this edition of the Links and Locks Best Bets podcast presented by Bet365. Remember, you can find us every week during the PGA Tour season. Download, subscribe rate and listen he's ben everall i'm jason sobel good luck with all of your bets for this week's american express here's hoping you hit the green action network reminds you please gamble responsibly if you or someone you care about has a gambling problem help is available 24 7 at 1-800-GAMBLER